Throughout this episode, you'll hear occasional dynamically placed advertisements as well as host-read ads by me promoting the work of my sponsors, similar to what you'd experience when you're binging your favorite YouTube content. If you find the ads disruptive, consider joining my community on Patreon. Premium submarines receive full-length ad-free episodes, hundreds of hours of bonus content, and the ability to connect and chat with other listeners. To learn more, visit patreon.com slash backfromtheborderline. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. My name is Rachel. I'm 23 and I'm calling from Arizona. And I'm so thankful that you have this feature. It's truly amazing. I've never seen something like that and it's so great to be able to feel like I'm talking to somebody right now but I'm actually a mom um, I have two little ones at home um, both two and under and uh, one of the things that I have found most petrifying for me in this uh, healing journey and uh, in journey of introspection and finding myself um, is just that I am so scared to recreate the environment that I grew up in as a child and I feel like I didn't know what was going on as I had my first baby and I lost myself and got into a very bad place and I feel like I see some of these things that happened in my childhood home coming out in my own home and it is traumatizing and I'm trying so hard to stop it but I'm just I was wondering if you had any insight um, specifically for moms who might be struggling with that and struggling to create an environment that they always wanted as a kid Um, it's just really hard because I feel like I don't even know what that looks like hey Molly this is Spencer again Um, I'm glad you enjoyed my voicemail last week I, I just wanted to provide like a little bit more context and suggestion that might be helpful for some of the other listeners. But um, I would have been kind of engaging on this uh, decoding of my dad, I guess, over the past month a little bit. Um, after he passed, I kind of reconnected with uh, my extended family. And so uh, over Memorial Day weekend, I went out to a family reunion out of my family's property um, where uh, it's like this 
it's this cabin just kind of out in the middle of nowhere um, where we used to have a ranch and cattle and that my dad worked on a lot in the summers. Um, and I just kind of got to reconnect with, you know, my, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, uh, my cousins, you know, some of them I had seen in, in over 20 years. But um, just getting to talk to them and hear, I think, for the first time about who my dad was before I met him gave me like a lot of just uh, you know, a lot of the missing pieces of who he was and helped me see that he was the person that he was long before he had me, long before he met my mother. Um, and that, uh, that you know, it, it gave me comfort to know that he was just as much kind of a, a mystery to everybody else as he was to me. I think that if at all possible, if you're able to talk to people who knew your parents uh, like, well, you know, either when you were growing up or, uh, you know, extend family, like aunts and uncles, like if they're willing to talk to you and you're not worried about how that's going to like impact your relationships, like talk to those people, like figure out who your parents were, do that archeology span for yourself. Um, because I, I, you know, I think a lot of our parents, you know, desperately want to hide who they are. Um, my mother just got, would always get so like almost violently upset whenever we would ask questions about her past. And I, I think it's cause they, they just have, they have so much like shame around who they are that it, it, that it's, you know, just facing that is, is unthinkable for them, but getting to a finally getting to you know peel back those layers and and see what exactly they were trying to hide from you all those years um that's that's powerful that's real um so maybe that's hopefully helpful to other listeners i don't know but thank you so much for everything you do molly sending much love all right talk to you later thank you to spencer and rachel for these beautiful and vulnerable and helpful voicemails rachel I can relate so much to you, this deep fear as a woman who is terrified of recreating and perpetuating the trauma that you went through, the same toxic cycles that you experienced as a child and putting your kids through that. It's a fear that I have myself. I'm not yet a mother. I believe now that I would like to be a mother one day, but I'm 33 years old now and I have all of those same fears that I think many women do, which is, oh, do I need to have a kid soon because I'm getting too old? And in addition to that pressure, I also have the fear of fucking up my kids. And I understand that pain so much. And Spencer such a beautiful analogy of doing the archaeology of digging into your family history. Spencer spoke about how his mom would get violently upset when asking questions about her past. And what it reminded me of was toxic shame. Isn't it great how after this eight episode series on toxic shame, and if you haven't listened to that, you can go back and listen to it when you'd like. Everything ties back to this shameful feeling and hiding family secrets. I titled today's episode, Are You Living in the Shadow of Your Family Tree? For a reason. 
Recently, I finished a book called Connected Fates, Separate Destinies, using family constellations therapy to recover from inherited stories and trauma. And the book is by Marine Seleny, who is a facilitator of a relatively new therapeutic treatment modality called family constellations therapy. And this therapeutic modality is very complex, and I wanted to provide a detailed introduction before we dive into an interview and conversation I had with Maureen, which I believe you will love very much, but I think you'll get so much more out of our conversation if I provide some background first. Pain and trauma can stay alive in a family for generations. Issues with relationships, health, and career might actually even be inherited. The issues you struggle with may not even be your own. What may have been a life-saving response for members of your family in past generations becomes life-depleting and destroying for you and your current generation. Some indicators for inherited family trauma might present themselves as persistent issues in your life, recurring symptoms even after years of quote-unquote healing work, you're feeling like I'm just not getting better. Unexplained sadness, emptiness, loneliness, fear, and depression. You feel, why do I feel this way? My life is okay, right? But you still feel these persistent feelings. Recurring streams of failed relationships, repeating the same kind of patterns in your relationships and self-destructive behavior, unresolved grief, chronic illness, and unsuccessful careers. These and other issues may be unconscious expressions of loyalty and love for ancestors of generations past. It's common knowledge that we inherit our physical DNA, but did you know that along with the color of our eyes and our hair and other types of genetic inheritances like tendencies towards certain diseases, in our being resides all the love and support of our ancestral lineage. Along with the blessings though are the burdens, the conditions, patterns and traumas as they existed in our family's past. There is an energetic inheritance that family members carry. Pain and trauma can stay alive in a family for generations. Personal issues with relationships family and career might actually be inherited from the lives of our ancestors. Our parents, grandparents, and ancestors literally live on in our minds, bodies, and lives. And if you're experiencing issues that refuse to improve, its origins might not be with you. When there's been a trauma or someone in our family system where it has resulted in the family member being excluded, forgotten, cast out, or suffered a difficult or unspeakable fate. Someone of the following generations typically unconsciously and invariably will step in 
and bring the lost member's destiny back through living it out in this lifetime, affecting us in ways in which we have no understanding. It happens out of a deep but hidden and unconscious loyalty that will not allow anyone in a family system being denied the right to belong. It's a love so deep that the family member may unconsciously choose to die rather than betray the family blood. Many of you may be aware of the more recent study and science of something called epigenetics. Epigenetics shows the hidden influences upon the genes that affect every aspect of our lives. At the heart of this relatively new field is a simple but very extraordinary idea that challenges some of our most deeply held beliefs, that our genes have a memory. This gene memory creates a resonance field of knowing and belonging. It's this extraordinary inbuilt tracking system that allows our hearts to remember what our minds might forget. This is the source point for our current everyday issues. Epigenetics is leading scientific proof to what many practitioners of more holistic modalities of healing of generational trauma have known for over 30 years. We are more than individuals. We are sacred vessels of genetic memories. This brings us to understanding a concept you may have never heard before. I know I hadn't before I read Maureen's book. This concept is systemic constellations. Systemic constellations are a way of working with issues within complex human systems. Systemic constellations were developed by Bert Hellinger, a German psychotherapist, and they originally focused on family systems to disclose the deeper forces that unknowingly influence our thoughts, behaviors, and emotional experiences through multiple generations. The idea of family constellations creates a model of the family system to reveal and transform the hidden patterns that are difficult to understand and change. Over time, this systemic approach has been applied to other human systems, including organizations, our connection to nature, and larger issues in our communities and the world. Together, these systemic constellation approaches explore ways for understanding our relationships as well as giving us options to resolve life's most complicated problems and the most painful emotional suffering. In systemic constellations, practitioners set up a model of a system with volunteer representatives, objects, or guided visualizations. And in a typical family constellations workshop, Participants are chosen to represent members or elements of the family or organization that's being addressed. In this process, hidden and unexpected dynamics operating within the system are revealed and addressed in a way that aims to find healthy and respectful places for all members of the system in question. A powerful insight from the creator of Family Constellations, Bert Hellinger, is that each family system has a conscience that requires that all members be connected and remembered in a particular way. If someone in the system's not remembered correctly, then younger members, 
out of love or the need to belong can become entangled with their ancestors, particularly with those who have been excluded, forgotten, shunned or shamed or experienced a tragic or difficult fate. These unconscious entanglements are behind many of the issues that are explored in family constellations. During the family constellations therapeutic process, practitioners are searching for possible solutions that can release these entanglements and restore order and balance to the family system. The process provides clients with a new image of their own place in the family system with the proper honor to the ancestors and to the events. Exploring what's hidden in our family system can help us heal our deepest wounds. Systemic constellations take place in an energy field that connects family, ancestors, organizational members, the natural world, and all of humanity. This knowing field is a conscious energy that we can enter to experience the feelings and sensations that mirror those of the real family members they represent and everyone and everything that we're connected to. British biologist Rupert Sheldrake explains this field phenomenon, which he calls a morphogenetic field, as an organizing force that accounts for patterns of behavior in social groups, such as schools of fish or flocks of birds. Dr. Albrecht Marr first used the term the knowing field to describe this energy field as it applies to the human family system. He referred to the experience through which volunteers in a family constellations therapy session access information about family systems as something he called representative perception. During a systemic constellation, representatives begin to take on the essential qualities of who or what they're representing and begin to actually sense thoughts, emotions, and physical sensations through this knowing field. They're able to reveal what's true, even if they have no prior knowledge of what's occurred historically. A key part of the systemic constellation process is the use of healing sentences that speak the essential truth of entanglements or issues. There can also be powerful sentences that bring a resolution and a compassionate restoration of balance to the system. Bert Hellinger created many sentences that are still effective, but new ones are created spontaneously during the process. Healing sentences are transformative when spoken in the right moment. Systemic constellations are particularly useful when the source of our issue or the solution is not particularly clear, where previous attempts to change have not endured, or where there's this sense of being stuck in the whole or part of a system. By understanding the nature of the patterns and dynamics, systemic constellations can offer information and options of how to resolve our most complicated problems and complex challenges. Acknowledging the what is in a system tends to soften hidden loyalties, completes missing conversations, and opens up new paths towards resolution and balance. It's important to remember when thinking about family constellations therapy that this is a complex approach, best understood through direct experience 
rather than through intellectual definition. Dan Cohen, in an entry in the Family Journal, highlights that family constellations therapy is not psychotherapy, though it is rooted in psychotherapeutic traditions. He wrote, Although it's rooted in psychotherapeutic tradition, the method is distinguished from conventional psychotherapy in that A, the client hardly speaks, and B, its primary aim is to identify and release pre-reflective, transgenerational patterns embedded within the family system, not to explore or process narrative, cognitive, or emotional content. Integral to family constellations therapy is a concept of belonging. Each member inherently belongs to the family, and this belonging needs to be acknowledged and felt if the family dynamic is to become or remain healthy. In his work, Bert Hellinger observed patterns of mental health issues, physical illness, negative emotional states, and destructive behaviors within family systems. He explored the idea that individual family members might take these issues or concerns on themselves in an effort to support other family members in coping. Issues like anxiety, anger, substance abuse and addiction, guilt, shame, depression, and even physical illness may become ways of showing loyalty and honoring to the family, as confusing as that might sound. A suffering parent, for example, might inspire a child to take on the heavy, negative emotions felt by that parent in an attempt to ease their suffering out of a deep bond and love for their caregiver. Family Constellations Therapy aims to change these toxic, destructive patterns of behavior to allow us to live our lives free from our ancestral or family trauma. Family Constellations Therapy incorporates concepts and techniques found in other therapeutic modalities like Gestalt Therapy, Systemic Family Therapy, Psychoanalysis, and Psychodynamic Therapy. Bert Hellinger, the creator of Family Constellations, was actually a Catholic priest and studied African Zulu tribes on a mission for 15 years, and he observed natural orders to love and family. He believed that when this natural order of love and family existed, the family is generally happy. When it does not, issues can arise. Histories of problems such as war, miscarriages, lost siblings, sudden death, can affect the families transgenerationally, according to Family Constellations Therapy. These issues change families in terms of the family dynamic, some family members fill in or adopt these issues and concerns of other family members and children carry family dysfunction and pass it down to their children who pass it down further as i mentioned before family constellations is known as a phenomenological approach to healing it's phenomenological due to this knowing field or information matrix that we are all connected to a typical family constellation session takes place in a group setting made up of unrelated group members from between 5 to 15 people. One client is the focus of a session and chosen group members support that person by standing in to represent family members. Another group member stands by to take on the role of the seeker, the client in focus when needed. 
Clients can step out of focus and observe the family dynamics as represented by the group members. And this work often leads to clearer perspectives on issues and concerns. It's important to note that family constellations therapy isn't intended for use as a standalone therapy, but it can be used to support healing in clients who are already receiving other forms of therapy and doing other forms of work on their own triggers. Very often, traditional talk-based psychotherapies focus solely on verbalization of our inner experiences. And while this can lead to incredibly valuable insight, it isn't always effective. Family Constellations allows clients to explore issues in new ways with the support of a group and a therapist that are attuned to the client's needs. When I was researching for this episode, I found an incredible quote by Susie Tucker, who is a facilitator of Family Constellations. And she said, Family Constellations offer a paradigm shift. In the end, when a mother and father and the ancestors behind them are able to say, yes, it's so good to see that you go on. There's nothing for you to do back here. It can provide access to the fresh wellspring of life. Old loyalties can be released. New resources can be gathered. And finally, resolution happens. That brings me to the introduction of today's guest. Author Maureen Seligny was born in Brittany, France, and she was raised in Paris. After earning degrees in communications and psychology, she moved from France to the United States, first living in Miami, where she worked in PR before moving to New York City, where she earned her certification as a Family Constellations facilitator at the Bert Hellinger Institute under the mentorship of Susie Tucker, who we just described, as well as Mark Wallen in Miami. Since 2014, Maureen has had her own family constellations practice with offices in both New York City and in Miami. I don't even remember how I came across Maureen's book, but I did. And I'm just going with the intuitive flow of my healing journey lately because it just seems like when you're on the right path, the right resources drop into your lap at the right time. And I came across Maureen's book, Connected Fates, Separate Destinies, after I had done the deep dives on the mother and father wound. It was when I was the most angry at my parents, but I felt this sense of frustration. I just thought, how long am I going to stay angry? I get it. I know what shaped me. I know what I missed out on as a child, but I also intellectually understood that my parents came from their own trauma, particularly my father, where the poverty, racism, addiction, emotional and physical abuse was to such an extreme degree that it would be impossible for anyone to come out of that environment unscathed. And this abuse and addiction and poverty goes so far back in my father's generation. And on the side of my mother, coming from a family of pretty emotionally cut off individuals as well. So I just wanted to move forward. And I felt like I kept being triggered. I kept repeating patterns. And when I read Maureen's book, which is incredible, and I highly recommend 
you check it out by the way i got it on audible and she narrates it herself it is beautifully written and it gave me more aha moments than i have had when reading a book for a really long time and not only does she really describe everything so beautifully what i love about her work is that she also provides practical exercises guided visualizations and things that you can do to work through this stuff yourself thank you for sticking with me for this relatively long introduction but it's always important to me that i really describe and give a good brief of a concept as complicated as systemic family constellations before we jump right into the interview so without further ado i present to you my lovely and nourishing conversation with the incredible marine seleni hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Thank you so much for having me, Molly, today. It's a pleasure. So uh, my name is Marine Seleni, and I was born and raised in France, Paris. And 15 years ago, I moved to the United States. And that's where I discovered family constellations. And um, for the ones who don't know what is family constellations, it's basically healing from your family story. Beautiful. So that's what I've been doing. Yeah. I love that. Well, on your website, Maureen, you have this, and I'm going to, I thought it'd be a beautiful way to start the episode to read a quote that features really prominently on your website. So you wrote, through recognizing the struggles of our ancestors, we acknowledge that our pains are a collective wound that never healed. When we acknowledge our family members for the traumas they experienced, accept them as they are, and give them a place to belong, we experience a deep personal healing. A family constellation engages the subconscious to address the underlying symptoms and causes of the problems we're facing in our lives. Often this involves a combination of ancestral programming, trauma from early childhood, and entanglements. The purpose of family constellations is to bring back together what was once separated. It's a reconciliation between your childhood and adulthood, inner child and adult self, parents and child love and understanding. When we take steps to heal the foundation of our being, our family unit, we heal every 
area of our lives. And I thought this was beautiful, Maureen, because on this podcast, I talk about performing emotional alchemy, right? Burning something down so that something new can rise from the ashes. And I thought your work was so profoundly connected to kind of the ethos of my podcast. And you gave a bit of an explanation when you just introduced yourself, but for those who've never heard of it before, can you explain family constellations therapy as a therapeutic modality? Like what are its origins? How long has it been around? And maybe help my listeners how it differs from more conventional forms of cognitive behavior and psychodynamic psychotherapy that they might be more familiar with. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, so it's from Germany. Um, the founder of this uh, therapy is Bert Hellinger. He actually discovered um, this work through the Zulu tribe in Africa in the 1930s, you know, 40s, you know, like um, uh, Bert Hellinger was a psychiatrist. He passed away in 2019, actually. And when he used to live, you know, like to experience life with the Zulus in Africa, he was amazed um, about the, the peacefulness and the easiness between each family members in the tribe. And they had that way of communicating and acknowledging and recognizing, which actually gave him the premise, you know, like the foundation of what family constellations was going to become. And so when he came back uh, to Germany, he was like, I'm sure there is something here, you know, like the respect between each other, the respect of order, you know, like your parents, your grandparents, your ancestors, your place in your family system. And that's how he developed the family constellations process, which is based on your conscious, meaning at first, you know, like you can tell your story, what you understood, but then there is also the subconscious part where the emotions and feelings, you know, like finally take their own places. And you do know that it's finally when you start feeling that you can start healing understanding is very important but what will give you the healings that you are really looking for happens will happen through your own emotions and feelings because at the end of the day it does not really matter what happened to you on a conscious level what truly matters is what happened to you on a subconscious level because if i ask the same question to you and one of your siblings, I will get two different stories. That's for sure. You know what? Like, because your outlook, you know, like towards your parents, your childhood will be different because we are all unique and different, you know, like individual. So that's why for Bert Hellinger, what was very important was not really the details of the story, but maybe more like, what happened on a traumatic level, like any, you know, like war stories, um, abortions, miscarriages, uh, addictions, uh, depression, anxiety, you know, like bankruptcy, loss of money, you know, like anything. And after, you know, getting, you know, like those details, understanding how they've been impacting you on a subconscious level. 
because that's when you know like you can feel and you can see the impact and influence that your ancestors and former generations uh, have on your current life and so your story that's so beautifully put you know this brings me perfectly to the next thing that I had written down because I actually read something about the origins of, of family constellations and you brought it up perfectly. It, and I have a question that kind of ties into this as well. I read, the process draws from indigenous spiritual mysticism to contribute towards releasing tensions, lightening emotional burdens, and resolving real world problems. And it said Bert Hellinger, you know, you already mentioned the creator, that he lived as a Roman Catholic priest in South Africa for 16 years. And they mention, you know, his work with the Zulu tribes that you so beautifully put. And I also read that prominent philosopher, um, Heidegger, right, postulated, mm-hmm. and he wrote, to be human is to find oneself thrown into the world with no clear logical, ontological, or moral structure. In Zulu culture, family constellations creator Bert Hellinger found a certitude and equanimity that were the hallmarks of Heidegger's elusive, authentic self. The traditional Zulu people lived and acted in a religious world in which the central focal point was the ancestors, and they were regarded as positive, constructive, and creative presences, and that our connection with the ancestors is a central feature of the constellations process that you're working with. And I read, of course, that skeptics of this type of therapeutic modality, family constellations, they label it as something like called quantum mysticism, and essentially yes. what we are calling like woo-woo shit, right? <laughs> and yeah. Why do you think that more mystical, generational, and ancestral views of psychological wholeness and healing are so readily shrugged off by critics, which are more aligned with this medicalized, disordered, or dysfunction view of mental health? And how do you approach this type of skepticism in your work? I think it's because they are scared. Hmm. Because when you do a workshop, a family constellations workshop, and I don't know if you have watched um, the Netflix show Another Self. I have It's uh, Oh, okay. It's on Family Constellations, actually. It's a TV show, eight down. episodes on Family Constellations, Another Self. And so you oh. can see, you know, like the setup as a group, you know, like sitting. Imagine, Molly, that you are with strangers, okay? They don't know you at all, okay? Mm. Not even your mom, your dad, your grandparents, nothing. And these strangers are going to represent for you on behalf of your family a dynamic. Maybe with your grandmother, your sister, I don't know, like a grandfather. And they are going to be able to channel the emotions and feelings that your family members felt at that time. So, of course, you know, like when you look at it, you know, like from an external point of view, you're like, they are crazy. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know what? Like, yeah. they are hoo-hoo, you know, like they lost it, you know? Like, let's and be And unless clear. you've experienced a situation like that, right? Like, I was the biggest skeptic on planet Earth about any of this stuff, yes. right? And I'm going to move on to ask you more about your background as well in terms of... of 
But when you experience something like this and it, and it quote unquote works and you feel something, yes, you can't deny it, but you also can't explain it to someone else. Right. Exactly. It's, it's very hard to explain. And this is a quantum physics, you know, that's true, you know, like, but Mm. the truth, you know, and the reality of being a human being is we are all of us energetically connected. Yes. I mean, you and do arguably know that science, science is catching up to this it, now, right? Exactly. You know, like, I mean, when you enter a place that you have never been before and you're like, oh, I don't feel it. Yes. It's not like I don't like it. It's like, I don't feel it. Yeah. Oh, you know, you know, like you feel that, no, I don't want to go to the restaurant with my girlfriends tonight. You know, like you mm. cannot explain it on a, rational level but you do know that your intuition your inner voice name it you're not feeling it and i mean i think we are also used to disconnecting from that sorry to interrupt you i'm just i'm so excited don't worry molly but that's so true you know like we are so used to disconnect from everything you know like numb your pain through alcohol smoking working hard you know working out you know like two hours per day like women also we have been you know cut off you know from our own intuition you know like and femininity you know like an essence and finally we are reclaiming back you know like you know what it belongs to us that's actually our main and principal power is our intuition is our feelings that's what it is and people are so afraid of it you know like and I accept that you're afraid of it, but do not yeah. tell me that we are doing who are bullshit healing because yes. this is not true. No. And I mean, also, that's it not may true. not work for someone, right? But it, the thing is, is that quote unquote work, it may not be that you're ready to go there, right? Like you may not be open to it, but just because you're not open to it doesn't mean that it doesn't work exactly you know agree to disagree because you can't measure it with a systemic review (laughs) Mm -hmm. scientifically doesn't mean that it doesn't work (laughs) exactly exactly you know but again we are scared we're afraid whenever Mm. something is different someone is different you know it's like oh no rejection you know what not for me you know like we're like Mm. no no but just try give it a try you know like and if it's not for you if it does not resonate that's all good with me. Yes. But just have, you know, like the openness. Yes. To just be well, like, I, you know what? I'm going to do it. Yes. And my listeners can resonate with this deeply because for many people who were slapped with a label like BPD, for example, many of them are labeled treatment resistant or incurable, right? It's like basically being told you're broken beyond repair and the best you can hope for is for your disordered personality to go into remission like a tumor one day, right? And that's the most disempowering message I could imagine to receive. It's awful. And I don't believe in it, actually. I think we are Mm. not broken. We just need more love. We just need Mm. more attention. But we are not broken. But it's easier, you know, to to make us feel that we are broken. So then we're just going to consume medication and just having this hopelessness, you know, and fearless, you know, uh, fearfulness, you know, like, of course, you know, within ourselves. So then we can be more brainwashed, you know, like, or listen to things that actually have nothing to do with us, you know, like, so we have to be cautious as well. And that's why I think the more we listen to our feelings (laughs) and emotions and our bodies, easier and better it is for us. 
Yes. Yes. And I think as well, you know, unfortunately, we're living in a time where many quote unquote, huge air quotes for listeners, (laughs) holistic influencers Mm -hmm. are out here genuinely scamming people, right? Saying, I'm going to heal you with the quantum codes and you're a starseed light body and sign up for my $4,000 divine feminine container, right? And it's so, so hard. I have so much empathy for people right now trying to figure mm-hmm. out like which modality to go with. But I want to reiterate to my listeners, I wouldn't be having someone Marine, like Marine on as well and promoting this type of therapeutic modality if it didn't have very sound basis. I mean, there's ties to Eric Erickson in this therapeutic modality family systems, which is becoming just because it's also very new. And I think a lot of people, they are afraid of what they don't understand. And so Maureen, because we're going so deeply into it now, I'd love to, I know my listeners are like, yeah, but guys, what is this? So it's like, what is family constellations? And can you explain as if you're explaining to someone brand new to it, what is it in terms of practically, like how do you help people and maybe what might a a session of this look like or how would you set it up? I know it's very complex because I listened to your entire book on it. Um, So yeah. I will try my best. So I think I'm I'm going to keep it very simple. Family Mm -hmm. Constellations helps you to uncover and dissolve any blockages affecting your life, your career, your love life, your health, anything, you know, that is part of your life through actually your family story. Mm. Because your family is your first foundation. This will never change. (laughs) Take it or leave it. Your family is your primary foundation. Mm. And wherever you will go, whatever you will do, your family will always be behind you whether you like it or not, okay? And in order to belong in your family system, because all of us, we want to belong. You can have the most awful family system, you still want to belong, because as a child, as a newborn, two things happen. The first thing is, as a newborn, we feel, we think that we are the next chance for a family system to survive and to heal, okay? So whatever it will cost you as a child, you will do anything possible to be sure that you have your place. And how you make sure that you have your place is when you feel seen, heard, and recognized. So if, for example, you are from... Um, a family where there is a lot of addictions, you might develop addictions. Not because you want to be an addict, but because you want to belong. Okay? Same thing also, you know, when we say, oh my God, this family, there are plenty of single mothers. It's not because, you know, they decided, you know, like to be single mom. It's just because at first, you know, the first single mother, you know, maybe was shamed, maybe was rejected, you know, maybe got estranged. So it created like a little wound in the family system. And then someone else from another generation was like, you know what? I'm going to do it on behalf of my grandmother. 
So then, you know, like if I heal my own life as a single mother, maybe my grandmother, you know, will feel better. But here's the thing. You are not your grandmother. At first, you were not even part of the problem. But right now, you think you are part of the solution, which unfortunately, it's only going to create a feeling of frustration because despite working very hard on yourself, it's never going to happen. While actually, by doing a family constellation, for example, and just recognizing and acknowledging, oh, I can see now, it happened to my grandmother, it happened to my mother, you can break free from this pattern and decide to belong to your family system by being a happy mother with your husband. And then your ancestors are happy because, of course, your ancestors, they do not want you to suffer. They just want you to recognize what happened. That's it. And then you can keep moving forward. So like Molly, you were saying earlier on, family constellations helps you to bring back together what was once separated. It helps to acknowledge, accept, recognize, you know, what happened before you, take what belongs to you and leave the rest behind. Beautiful. And you know what I love so much about that is that many of my listeners, myself included, right, are struggling deeply with the, you know, mother and father wounds. And what I love about constellations is like, it asks you to even go outside of that more because so many of us are stuck thinking about our parents, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it didn't even start with them, right? And what I love about family constellations and what about what you just said as well is that this isn't about condoning and -hmm. saying that anything was okay. It's about, like you said, deciding what doesn't belong to you anymore, but also accepting, right? There's a huge difference between acceptance and condoning. Can you speak a little bit about that? With acceptance, there is no judgment. It's mm-hmm. just, it is what it is. Yeah. Why I is that so um, fucking hard? <laughs> <laughs> because we love blaming others for our bullshit. That's our thing, yes. you know? Like, Because at first, you know, like as a child, we always blame and complain about our parents and siblings. That's the beauty of being a child. It's not me. Yeah. It's my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad. You know, we are not responsible. You know, that's the beauty of being a child. You know, like when the family can hold space, you know, for us that way, it's beautiful. But then, of course, you turn 18 and it's like, okay, buddy, now you're responsible. Yeah. It's like, hold on a minute here. For the first 18 years of my life, honestly, it was a blast. You know, like I didn't have to do anything. I could, again, blame, complain, you know, not be in charge. But now you are asking me to be in charge and be responsible for my behavior, for my words, for my thoughts. Yes, that's actually what makes a difference between a child and Mm. an adult. You know, this is actually perfect because I wrote down, I said, you mentioned in the book that neglecting to heal our trauma can keep us locked in a childlike mindset, right? And I relate to this so much and it sucks so bad because I think I read, I read in a book 
at the beginning of my recovery journey, Marine, and it said, no one's coming to save you. And I remember being like, oh, fuck. Like, that was really hard to read. And I think it made me so scared and sad mm-hmm. because I, I because I was confronted with the fact that if you would have asked me, like, do you think someone's going to come save you? I would have been like, no, of course I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. But deep down, I, I think I actually did. I thought if I met the right person who had the right type of temperament, that then I wouldn't act the way that I was acting. But then what I realized is no matter how toxic the partner I attracted, then I found myself in a very secure relationship with the man I'm in now. And he approached me and basically gave me the ultimatum of like, if you don't like do the work that you need to do, like I can't do this, right? Because I don't feel emotionally safe. And that was huge for me because I realized like, oh, I'm the common denominator in this. Exactly. Exactly. And this is huge, you know, like it's finally, you're like, okay, it's me. I mean, it's not about like, I am wrong, I am the problem. No, not at all. It's just like, oh, here I am. I am needy, you know? Like, I think, you know, like in order to love myself more, I need something external. But that's not true, you know? Like, and like you were saying, just like, the more, you know, you keep blaming and complaining about your childhood, about what you did not get, you know? Like how Mm. your parents used to be, you are just letting your power away. It's like, you know, you are keeping yourself a prisoner of your past and childhood while actually by being like, you know what? My parents, they did the best they could, period. Mm. I'm just going to move on. I'm just going to take my power back and I'm just going to give myself what I needed actually as a child because this is in your head. This is your power, you know, to really give yourself, you know, what you wish, you know, you could have got from your parents. But remember one thing, your parents also raised you in opposition maybe of their own parents. Because maybe, I don't know, your grandparents were very strict. And so your parents decided to be very loose. And for you, actually, it was a catastrophe. But for them, it was like, no, that was great, you know, like, because we felt so trapped with my parents. So that's why also I think it's great to have this beautiful, humble and honest conversation with your parents. What was it for you? You know, like, how was it with grandma and grandpa? Because it also gives you so many uh, information, you know, in details about your own parents and how, you know, they uh, raised you. This brings me to a really good question that I had for you because you talk about in family uh, constellations that part of the initial work that you might do with a client is to build out something called a family tree. Yes. And you mentioned, correct me if I'm wrong, is that, you know, what you really want to look at is at least like three generations, right? Before, before you on both your mom and dad's side. And can you explain the type of insights listeners uh, could gain from an exercise like this? And why is creating a family tree so important? And I'm surprised that more therapeutic modalities don't ask this of clients, right? Because it's so important to understand what happened to what you, happened? but also what happened to your family. Yes, because then actually you see the bigger picture. Again, as a child, we're very selfish. It's yes. about me, myself, and be. I. 
Of course yeah. we have to be, you know, like, and yeah. I mean, like everything that we ask for, we get it, you know, like, so, so it's easy, yeah. you know, like, but when you finally, you know, start this healing journey, also to see, you know, what happened before you and why, you know, right now you are repeating, you know, patterns or behaviors or dynamics that actually already happened way before you is an indication that first of all, the great news is it does not belong to you. So you can yeah. just give it back. And then I think for me, actually, this is what happened. It gives you a sense of like, oh, okay, we're in this together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like it's not only on me. It's like mm -hmm. I wanted to be part of this family. I wanted to belong. And that's why, you know, I developed also, you know, like this uh, pattern, behavior, you know, emotion. So on three generations, I know sometimes knowing your great-grandparents is harder. Yeah. But, I mean, I got lucky. I got a lot of information, you know, from my family. But if you can already do it, your grandparents and parents and your generation, it's already great, you know. Okay. And whatever you know is enough. Mm. I repeat, whatever you know is more than enough. Because no matter mm. what, it's already a great indication that maybe in your family, you don't talk or you keep yeah. secrets. It's already, you know, an indication here. It's already a great information. Mm -hmm. Then what I would um, say, it's like, if you can know the date of birth and date of death, if you can also know if your parents were from America or born somewhere else, or maybe your grandparents were from Poland, you know, and then, you know, your parents are first generation. You can also see if there is any uh, miscarriages, abortions, early death in your family, any addictions, Anything significant, you know, like anything, uh, war stories, uh, health issues, you know, like, because then it's like you get a vision of what happened before you and you can mm -hmm. finally, you know, like um, the clue game, you know, like you are looking at clues, you know, like, oh, okay, yes. I can see my grandfather died at 56. Oh, and my dad too, he died at 56, you know, like, so what happened here, you know, like. And stuff oh, like this happens, right? You hear about course. it all the, time. all the time. I was just reading, I was just reading Peter Levine's book, who I'm sure you know of him. He's yes, like, I you love know, him. the love Peter Levine I and listeners will know. He's the creator of uh, Somatic Experiencing and so many instances of people will say like, uh, if they look back, they realize that they had a mental breakdown at 19. And if you go back, you find out that something really traumatic to a family member happened at 19. Yes. Why does this happen? Key, How? It, only because when it happened for the first time, Molly, no one recognized it and so healed from it. It's just you know, and like so it's, it's just, like reenactment, you, right? Yes, it's like when you let things pending, it's pending. You know, like it's yes. waiting for you. You know, like it's like the elephant in the room, and yeah. so it creates key ages. You know, like yeah. simply, and so yes, at some point, someone else will have to do it because yeah. the family system is always looking for reparation and reconciliation. So, of course, you know, like years before, you know, years ago, we didn't take care of this. You know, like mm -hmm. we were not, you know, really into psychology, you know, like and expressing your feelings and emotions. It was a different generation, you know, like, yes. I mean, it was very simple. It was you literally were, suck it up. Yes, move suck on. it up. Exactly. You know, like 
you're a man, you work, you're a woman, you have children, you stop having sex at 40, 35, you know, then you become a grandmother and then you die, you know, like, and if your husband mm-hmm. cheated on you, that's okay, sweetie, you know, like, don't worry. <laughs> okay, great. You know, like, kind of like in a box, so you know, depressing. like, yeah, so depressing, you know, nine to five. And then the one born, and I was born in the eighties. I don't know for you, Molly, you know, like, yeah, it was like, too. okay, so, you know, we, for me, we are the sacrifice generation. We are Why this new generation because we are this new generation with absolutely no clue of what we are doing. Because I mean, and I got lucky because my mom is a businesswoman, so I was raised like you can do whatever you want, my daughter. Okay, like so at least you mm-hmm. know I got that. But yeah. I mean, my mother was lucky to have parents, you know, who gave her permission to become who she wanted to be. Not so many, you know, like her, you know, like let's be honest no. here. So for me, born in the 80s, we are this generation not really settled because we have been, you know, diving deeper through the masculine and feminine. What does it mean to be a man, a woman, a mother, a father, a husband, a wife? I want a career, but I also want to be a mother, you know, like how do we combine? But I also want to take care of myself, you know, like so... We are the draft in a way, We're but I'm to sh- rewrite it. Yes, right? we are rewriting the story, and our yeah. kids are going to be the masterpiece. You know, like we're just yes. you know like doing it. You know, but this new generation right now, where we finally the father is involved. You know, like in the life of yeah. your kids, and I can mm-hmm. tell my husband I'm not happy right now. Or let's talk about our sex life, or let's talk about money. You know, like that's honestly thirty years ago. You couldn't ask anything about money in your sex life, Molly. Let's be honest here. It's it's insane to think about. I'm obsessed with uh, medieval England. It's just like an obsession that I have. And so I read a lot of books, yeah? And right now I'm reading a book about Anne Boleyn, who I have like a tattoo of on my arm. Uh, I love her, right? It's like so hard to show. Um, I see it. (laughs) But she was the wife of, right, King Henry VIII, one of the, and she was the first queen to have her be beheaded right and she was had her head chopped off she was accused of adultery which she didn't even commit and it was just they he needed to get rid of her because she she couldn't produce a son right and to read this biography of her and just just 500 years ago which really is just not that long Mm -hmm. it's like women it's there was no hope as a woman. You had no freedom. You were literally a chess piece, being even at the exactly. highest level. Even if you were the richest woman to the poorest woman, arguably you may have had more freedom as a poor woman. The women at the highest level were just nothing but chess pieces on a board, right? And reading it broke my heart. And then I just realized how deep all of this goes, you know, and how shallow it is for us to just say, oh, even to myself, it's like, I spent so long, Maureen, being so angry at my mom. Like, and I think you talk in your book, we save a special anger for our mom, right? Oh, yes. And dads even get off the hook yes. quite easily sometimes. <laughs> yes. And you speak about that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, because, I mean, we even say it, you know, in Family Constellation is like the first most important person of your life is your mom. The second Mm. one is your mom. The third one is your mom. And finally, the fourth one is your dad. (laughs) Yeah. So, because the thing is, we are pregnant of the next generation. Mm. 
And these nine months, any man will never have these nine months with this baby mm. that is taking place within ourselves. So no matter what, there is this special bond, you know, like there is this, it's something, you know, like it's a voice, it's a feeling. It's like we are sharing the same body, you know, like for nine months. And because, you know, we give birth and then of course, you know, like as a matter of fact, but I think we are actually doing better as a woman. We want to keep our baby. It's like, no, no, don't worry. You know, like I know better than you, you know, like, but I think that's a huge mistake. I'm sorry. I think it's really time to involve the father as much as possible. Because when I talk to my friends, you know, my guy friends, they're like, no, we want to be involved, but we don't know how. But if you think we know how, that's not true either. You know, like, it's just what the society, again, you know, makes us believe, you know, like, oh, come on, you are pregnant. You know how to take care of a baby. Not at all, actually. Not at all. You know what? Like, I'm also going to learn with you. And I think it's actually beautiful that your partner and you, you are learning together to change a diaper and feed your baby. And if you want to breastfeed, of course, it's beautiful. But you're also going to pump, you know, like, so then, you know, your partner also can just feed your baby. Because I think it's very important, you know, like to receive. And then I can guarantee you in the next few generation, we'll be as equally angry as mom and dad. Yes, because, there because will be the less... dad was actually involved. Of Have course. you heard of, you know, there's always the quote, like women are just better at this stuff, right? And have you heard of like the mental load or like, you know, emotional yes. labor by yes. women, yes. right? It's yes. just, and you write about that in your book so profoundly where it's like women, uh, the mothers in particularly, like they don't get any slack, right? Yeah. But if a dad changes a diaper, it's like, fuck yeah, good for you, right? It's yes. like, you're like, you're like, but if a, God forbid a mom puts one toe out of line or doesn't do something, it's like, you're a horrible mother, right? Yes. Instantly. Exactly. And, and so that's why, you know, the society also makes us being angry, you know, like, oh, you don't give me everything, mom. You're such a bad mom. You know, I'm going to be yeah. angry, you know, at you. Well, actually, your dad has been doing fucking nothing, yeah. you know, like for the first years of your life. And he's like a mm -hmm. hero. I'm sorry, but it's unfair. It is. Yeah. So, and you know, Maureen, I'm really curious to know. I mean, I'll use myself as a guinea pig mm -hmm. because I think my experience might mirror some of my listeners. And it's my, I only have my own experience. Of course. Of, so and perfect. I get the luxury to talk to these amazing professionals about my own experience. But, um, you know, and, and I know she's okay with me speaking about this. This podcast was contentious with my mom for a long time, right? Because when I first started it, I was very angry. And I, I, can, I can't even imagine how triggering it was for my mom. I think my mom listened and then she just felt very villainized. And then she kind of stopped listening. My mom and I went through a period of no contact. My mom, when I went back and your work encouraged me to do this is just thinking about what my mom's side of the family, on my dad's side of the family, you have extreme abuse. When I say like my parent, my dad lived in Appalachia in, in uh, the South, right? Abject poverty. My grandfather was such an addict that he would drink like mouthwash to get drunk. Oh. He would almost kill his kids. Deep racism, right? Like, so imagining he, I think my grandfather killed one of my dad's animals at one point, like to like, the most horrible things yeah. you could ever imagine happening. And not only that, to make it even worse, my dad was the scapegoat, right? So my grandfather 
picked my dad as the one to beat and then treated a couple of his other kids well. So like, I can't even imagine what this did to my dad. Mm -hmm. And then my mom, on the other hand, it's like the perfect storm. My mom came from like an emotionally, imagine just like emotional ice block, no emotions. Like my grandfather never once said he loved me. My grandfather actually took his own life when he was in his eighties. He was so shut down right? And after my grandpa committed suicide, we haven't really even spoken about it in the family, which brings so much, so much of your work. But my mom just, I felt like my mom could never connect with me emotionally, right? Like, and I'm such an emotional person. And I saw my dad as this kind of volatile, uh, emotionally abusive person. And my dad even came into my room a couple of times when I was little, crying apologizing for his outburst to me and to see your dad crying and saying sorry as a little girl it it humanized him but it also scared me as a little girl because I'm like you're supposed to be strong right and and with my mom my mom just passively she was scared of my dad and didn't want to stand up for me my dad never once put his hands on any of us but his emotions were very scary which mm-hmm. guess what Guess whose emotions are scary now? Me. And I am the one who, and it's, I like to say that I'm like an amalgamation of both of my parents where I'm emotionally volatile. And I also am like disconnected from my feelings. And I have, I have like no connection to my own sexuality. I, and so it's like, I feel like this angry, cold person. And I realized, oh my God, when I have a kid, I would want my kid to try to to understand where I came from. And so I have to try to pass. It's going to make me cry. I have to give that grace to my mom. Yeah. You know. And it's just like it's it's a head fuck, isn't it? Right? And then it's so easy to be angry. And I think like my question for you is for listeners who have such deep profound trauma on both sides, how and my mom when I talked to them I was getting so angry for so long and I wanted to talk to my parents and the last conversations I had with my mom recently was she was like she's willing now to admit and some people don't have parents that are even willing to yes, admit my mom's true. willing to admit where she went wrong and my dad as well and they're going but Molly how can we all move forward now because we know what we did wrong and I have so and you're so angry now what and that's my question for you. Now what? Now what? So, um, first of all, Molly, and I hope you, you can see it, it's through your own um, life, your own healing journey, you are also healing your parents. Because mm. you are finally the one, you know, like reclaiming peace. Like it has mm. to stop. So you're also doing the work. Like I have been doing it actually. Like I was also the the chosen one is a bit too strong, you know, but like like you are doing it, you know, like and I think it's beautiful that your mom was finally like, you know what? I can see it now. And I think you're yeah. right. And it is beautiful, you know, when it happened. Unfortunately, it does not happen all the time, you know, like you just said. And so how to move forward. There are so many things here. So again, I'm going to try to keep it simple. Yeah. The first thing first is I think by drawing your family tree and understanding also your grandparents. 
Because no matter what, this is also something that I explain in my books, your grandparents' generation um, defines, influences emotion and feelings in your family system. Mm -hmm. So actually, you know, like you are not dealing with emotion and feelings coming from your parents, but also from your grandparents. That's your first thing first, okay? So mm -hmm. it will also help you, you know, like maybe to understand your parents better, okay? Then here's the thing. If your parents could have done any better, they would have done it. They would. Yeah. And I know it's hard, yeah. but it's the truth. Yeah. If yeah. your parents would have been able to take care of their anger. I mean, my dad also was emotionally unavailable. I was scared as hell as my dad, you know, like from Prussia and Germany. I was like, oh my God, you know, like, so I understand. But the thing is, my dad was abandoned by his own father. So, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, and then, you know, it's like, again, it's not an excuse. Okay. Don't no. get me wrong here. It is not an excuse, but it gives you the understandings that you need in order to move forward yes. and then in order to finally take care of your feelings and emotions. Yes. And part of that childhood mentality, right, is saying it's my fault. And exactly. so you can release yourself from the fault because you understand and accept. Beautifully right? said. Exactly. Yeah. Beautifully said, Molly. So that's really because a child does not understand anything. A child is a is a little ball, you know, of emotion and feelings, you know, like, and every time it's like making up stories and being like, oh, if mom is crying, it's my fault. If dad is angry, it's my fault. If my grandfather, you know, it's awful, you know, like, comes You're meaning to my a three year old bed. isn't isn't coming out and doing its family constellations <laughs> tree. <laughs> comes, you know, like to my bedroom, you know, to sexually abuse me, it's my fault, you know, like. All of this is awful, but again, as a child, you do not have, you know, like the, the intellect, you know, like the rationality as an adult. So yes. that's when actually it's so beautiful because as an adult, you get both. Yes. You can finally understand and tell the story to your inner child. I want you to have an inner conversation with her or him and tell her, tell him what happened. Please, 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 I'm begging you here because this is where your healing is. By yes. telling yourself your own story, you free yourself and then you can write the story of your choice. Oh, but so beautiful. How many times you keep rejecting your parents and unfortunately you keep doing the same thing to yourself. Reenactment, right? Reenactment. It's exactly. I just, I just spoke on our shame series, and listeners are going to hear this interview once the shame series is okay. done, which is going to be so beautiful because it's going to wrap it up so nicely. Because mm -hmm. I talked about reenactment compulsion and how this is how often perpetrators of rape and sexual abuse often mm -hmm. end up committing the same types of things. You think of people like Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, yes. R. Kelly, who was a victim of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. It doesn't absolve him, but does it help the victims potentially make sense of why he would have done this? Absolutely, right? And for me, who was a victim of sexual violence mm -hmm. multiple times, I could understand, ah, yes, I was. it was a reenactment compulsion, right? And this helped me really understand. And it brings me to my next question because it was 
one of my favorite concepts from your book, and it was my biggest aha moment, I think, was the concept of entanglements that Uh. you talked about. And I feel like it's the perfect thing to bring up at this point because, and it's two things I wanted to talk to you about because I feel like they're the same. It's, it's the concept of entanglements. And then you also talked about the importance of making sure that family members that have been disowned or shoved away, they take their rightful place. And my dad's, my dad's dad, my paternal grandfather, right? I told you he's the one who was beating Mm -hmm. his children He's a villain, right, in the eyes. But if Mm -hmm. you look, right, this man, my dad told me, and I'm going to do my family tree Ah, um, because I will. My dad told me, and I'm going to butcher this, but I do know I have a bit of the information. So my dad's last name is a very common last name. I'm talking about, imagine like Jones. Yeah, like the most common last name you could ever imagine. And um, my paternal grandfather... It is rumored that his his mom was a prostitute, right? And had him, didn't know, and this would have been in like the early 1900s, right? Yeah. Which this was like, if you were a woman who had a baby as a prostitute, yeah. like you are the scum of the earth, right? You're not. And Forget about it. she had him out of wedlock and she was very poor and he literally had to take the name, this last name that wasn't even his because she didn't even know who his dad was. And then my dad, when my grandfather died, right, who was the son of a prostitute who was shunned and shamed and um, cycles and cycles of addiction, when my grandfather died, my dad doesn't want to speak of him at all. It's like he doesn't exist. So growing up, my grandpa was not spoken about. You do not speak about my grandpa, right? And so I want to ask you and myself, I've struggled with addiction. I've struggled with abuse, you know, finding Mm -hmm. myself in abusive Mm -hmm. relationships. Uh, And I want to ask you about entanglements and maybe you can use me and my grandpa as a case study is like, how, how do those work? And what does it do to us in, as our, in our adult bodies, when members of our family have been shunned and not spoken about? So I just want to understand one thing, Molly, in your story yeah. is yeah. Y- your grandfather, the man who raised your dad, was yes. not his biological father. It was his oh. biological ah, it father. It was his yes. biological father. Okay, okay. Yes, um, but but just, my dad's last name may or may not have been his, is not really even his real last name because my grandfather was a bastard son of a prostitute, right? Who was okay, just that's like, your grandfather's story. Okay, yes. my bad. Okay, 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 sorry. Yes. So, because the first thing to do would be actually for you, Molly, to recognize your great-grandfather because mm-hmm. there is a man mm-hmm. missing here. Yes, yeah, so okay. the, the man who actually had sex with my great grandma. Exactly, Molly. Exactly. Gone. Exactly. That will be the first thing first, okay? Because here is the beginning of the pattern. And I have no idea who he is. And that's okay. You know what? But okay. he belongs, you know? Like, so yes. I would say, plus it's a new moon right now in Cancer, you know? So very nurturing, you know, and family oriented, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So at first, I would. If you were my client, I would say, okay, we need to recognize this great grandfather. Because if mm. your grand your grandfather was not born as a villain, it was no. not. You know, it was an innocent baby, you know. And maybe actually, who knows, your great grandmother maybe was raped. 
you know, like yes. you don't even know, you know, I mean, being a prostitute, nope. you know, like at the beginning of the 20th century. She also uh, may have been just called a prostitute, you know, yeah, for being raped. Exactly. Maybe actually she was raped at 16, you know, like, and she was, you know, oh my God, she had sex while actually what she didn't want to have sex, you know? So who knows actually what the story really is. Okay. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, your grandfather has so much anger, probably actually, I would say actually, towards what happened to his own mother. Mm. So by being so vilain, so mean, it was actually all of his feelings towards his own dad that he could not express, that he expressed towards your dad, so his son. That's here. Wow. The the entire loop here. And so how does that... What is the entanglement? Can you explain so, the concept of entanglement to the listener? The entanglement, it's when you have your own destiny, okay? Your own destiny. But mm-hmm. then on behalf of someone else, you are kind of like also taking care of this other destiny that was unfortunately, again, estranged, um incomplete you know like not spoken about you know like it's when there is a void okay whenever there is a void a gap in your family system someone else will have to finish the work is it is it clear enough molly here you know like okay it's like so for example great-grandfather in your family money, great-grandfather, no place. We don't talk about him. Maybe actually your great-grandmother suffered a lot, you know, maybe she was raped, you know, maybe it was uh, very violent, you know, and everything. Mm -hmm. Your grandfather was born, okay? He already knew that something was off. I don't have a dad. I can see my mom is very poor. We are struggling. Pardon my French. Who is this fucking bastard, you know, like who is missing? Why, you know, maybe at school, you know, like I'm bullied by my friends. Oh, your dad is not here. Your mom loves sex. You know, you know how cruel, you know, children can be. Yes. So again, you know, like I'm sure your grandfather was raised in also a lot of violence and anger. Oh, I you mean, know? I like, was told stories that he had to go to school without shoes on yeah, because his sho- he was so poor that his exactly. sh- he didn't even have shoes. So here, you know, you have the rage, you are different, you know, like, so it starts building up. And then when you ask your mom, your mom is like, sweetie, you know, it's like, I don't know what to tell you, you know, like we don't have money. So then also, you know, you become angry, you know, at your mom, you know, like, but what's going on, you know, like... So here, your grandfather is 20 years old. He has no idea who he is. He has no father's figure. And he thinks actually it was not good enough. So that's why his father never recognized him. Mm. So right here, and like you were saying, I think earlier on, uh, Molly, in regard to your own love life, like you had abusive partners, you know, and everything, you know, like emotionally unavailable. It starts with your great grandfather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because in your family, the story is men are weak, men are abusive, men are angry, men are useless. Yeah. So then your grandfather, because he wasn't able to express his anger and emotions, you know, towards the right person. Mm-hmm. I don't know if your father was the first boy, was the oldest one. Um, he was actually the second boy. 
but but my grandfather had a son outside of the it's my dad's half brother so my dad <laughs> so he's a with. he's a first boy he's a first he boy is. he's a first he boy from the yep. relationship between your grandparents he's the first boy he's the oldest one he is. So I don't know, maybe the story, you know, with his first son, because, you know, like maybe the mom took him, you know, whatever, you know, uh, Christian Mark mm -hmm. here again, Molly. Mm -hmm. So he was, you know, like you say, the scapegoat, you know, like, okay, you are he me. Was. You are me. Yeah. Like, that's my story here. And maybe yeah. your dad looked like him. I don't know, again, question mark, yeah. you know, like, so mm -hmm. then you just repeated the story. And then your father, you know, like, he was torn between... How we belong in my family is by being abusive, but I can see it creates just more suffering. So it's not me. So that's you know, why I'll make you, know, you what'll make you laugh is or not laugh, it's just kind of funny because my dad always said he always wanted to have girls because he said he was scared of doing what the same thing. would happen if yeah, he said he of was course. he was terrified. He's of like, course. Of course I don't think I would have, but he's like having girls made it easier for me to not of which is so sad, isn't it? You it know, is like, sad. So... It is very sad, you know, Molly. But it's like you are so afraid of repeating again and again the same pattern, you know, that you're like, no, yeah. you know what? I just prefer having girls, you know, like it's going to be yeah. easier. Wow. But and then so, it's almost like the, the the verbal abuse and the fear of just walking on eggshells okay. was just, I mean, I've been physically abused and now by partners and I've been emotionally abused at my home and in part with partners. Yeah. And I say that like, for me, they both were equally as damaging of course. because it's, it's such a head fuck. Because yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, it created the same situation. Yeah. It's the same. Like men yeah. are still abusive and women pays a price. Yeah. That's it. You yeah. know, like, so you also belong Molly <laughs> with your family in a way, you know, like it's an act of belonging. Yeah. It's, I am loyal yeah. to the story. Wow. And it yeah, takes great I courage. I don't mean, it takes great courage, you know, to finally break free. Because at first yes. they're going they're going to look at you and be like, because I'm sure, you know, like your mom maybe, you know, like felt judged by you at first. Because you know, when you look at your parents and you're like, you know what, I suffered. Yeah. You're just putting a mirror like here, look at your shit, mom and dad. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, come on. If I have to look at my shit, it means I also have to look at the shit of my own parents, which I always yes. avoided. Yes. And that's the pain here. Yeah. The pain, it's not about, you know, what we reflect on them. It's actually the unfinished work that they have never done. Yeah. So if your mother now is able to tell you, okay, I'm willing to do something. Wow. Your mom is healing. She She's is. already I'm doing. I'm really proud of her. Of for course, that, you know. Yeah. Congratulations. So yes, an yeah. entanglement is anything you know that is not part of you, but you think actually you are part of the solution. You can do whatever you want. You are just going to put yourself into a miserable state. Yes. Yes. So my question for you, Maureen, is I mean, my poor dad. You know, like I've asked my dad so much. I'm like dad, haven't you considered going to therapy or something? Like I would give anything to get my dad to do family constellations work with you. But my dad goes, no, I Maybe read my book. There. Like, yeah, he won't, he won't go there because it's, I think it's, he goes, it's in the past. Right. But what I really feel is like, it's too painful for him to, yeah. to go back, okay. you know? And, and okay. my question for you is 
because I think this will really help my listeners, how might someone approach, like for in the the example of my great-grandfather, yeah. right? How might someone approach, even if their own parents aren't willing to do the work or, mm-hmm. or can't or, because yeah. we can't make someone do these things. And also people are, it's their story, not yes. mine, right? Yeah. And so how how could I go about giving my great grandfather back his rightful place? Like what, what might I do? It's, it's very simple, Molly. You can either have a ceremony, like, and just talk out loud to my great grandfather. I recognize you and I give you a place as a father of my father. You belong. You can also write it down on a piece of paper and then burn it. Like again, when you do a family constellation, you are not only going to heal your own story, but seven generations. Wow. So three before you and three after you. So again, it does not matter, you know, like you are not doing, because as you can see, Molly, you were also impacted yes. by this story through your own love life, for example. Absolutely. So no matter what, yeah. it also belongs to you, you know, like it's also heavy. So by just acknowledging, I acknowledge all the men in my family. I give a place to all of them. And right now with my beautiful partner, I welcome this healthy masculine. That's mm. my gift to my family. Wow. And this just is enough. That's it. Beautiful. That's it. You it's have done so your work and it's over. It's done. And that, that, like you said, it puts them in their rightful place, yes. right? Instead of, and that to me, it was near the end of your book, I think. And it's one of the times when I think I started crying because you painted a really beautiful visual of, you said, you know, imagine, and I'm imagining if I had a child right now, cause I don't right now, mm-hmm. but you basically gave the example of you're like, if there's me, and then you put your child in front of you and then your partner, your current partner is next to you. Mm-hmm. Behind you is your mom and dad. Behind them is their mom and dad. Behind them is their mom and dad. And unless we do this work, it's almost like they're still here, right? Yeah. Like, and and I found that to be such a a soothing visual, right? Because you're right, like everyone wants to have their rightful place. Yes. And they deserve it because no matter what, first of all, it's of course damaging, you know, for their own life, but for all the next generations, it's going to have an impact because again, the family system does not like void. Like it's just family system does not want that. So he will pick in a way, you know, like air quotes, Mm -hmm. you know, like another family member to do it. But then it's just, you're just going to repeat, you know, reenact, you know, the same pattern, the same situation, the same dynamic, and you are tired. So tired. I mean... And you I, also feel like this is just the way life is, right? Yes, like, which is untrue. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, I always give this example because I think their family is very useful for that. The Kardashian family. There is no men. The masculine does not belong in this family. Yeah. All of them have kids with the same men, but they are never happy with them. The mm-hmm. only brother, you don't see him. It's like... That's so true. Absent. And he's named after the deceased father who died as a hero, like a great person, a great man, a great dad, 
Robert Jr. So mm -hmm. you can see how painful it can be when you do not recognize the masculine and feminine as known as women and men in your family. Wow. I mean, if you think it's interesting that you say that, because I think there's a bit of that in my family, right. you know what I mean? Where it's not like the masculine is absent, but the max masculine's quite toxic, you yeah. know? And, and I have... And interestingly enough, I think it, it is why when I, I came across so many guys in my teens and 20s mm -hmm. that were the nicest guys, so smart, so stable, that like wanted to engage mm -hmm. in a relationship with me. And I was like, ew, they're too nice. Yes. And I literally actively sought out of assholes. Course. Because that was not part of your family. That was not part of your story. That was not even part of your comfort zone. You yes. knew how to deal with shitty I guys. I thought that it was boring. Yeah, you knew how to deal with shitty guys. But then finally, yeah. your current boyfriend was like, hey, listen, sweetie, you are very nice, you are very kind, but I'm not gonna, you know, like, play your game. Here, yes. he was already in his healthy masculine. Yes, yes. And I mean, I he's he would be the first person to say he's not perfect and he has his of own course. things. And I think one of the reenactments between us is mm -hmm. he's quite emotionally shut down and I'm like always wanting cuddles. Mm -hmm. And what this has taught me is that, yes, maybe he will open and become more nurturing. But what I've realized is I am this black hole of needing validation and cuddles all the time I'm the very much like do you love me do you love me kind of person and what I've realized is I have to love me you know I have to give myself that too yes. and then be able to ask him for what I need instead of expecting him to perform the version of himself that I think he should and it's really difficult, you know. I guess I hope you're okay for time, Marine. How are I'm you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. My my question for you is because I think it would really help the listeners is what healers like you who are drawn to this kind of work usually came from their own dark night of the soul <laughs> yes. period, right? Yes. And what when did you find yourself drawn to family constellations and and what was that dark time for you? And what did it look like? Oh, I had um, so many dark times, actually, <laughs> so far. But um, I was uh, 23, 24 when I got introduced to Family Constellations. Uh, I just moved to the United States. I was in Miami. And uh, my father abandoned us after a difficult divorce uh, between my parents. And so, um, and I was still married. No, I just got divorced. Actually, yes, I married at 22. And then at 23, I got divorced because my partner was, again, violent, jealous, everything. And I was like, what, what the hell with me? You know, like, why I cannot be with a nice guy? Like you, honestly, I thought it was boring. Mm -hmm. I was so attracted to the bad boys, you know, like I was like, oh, that's so sexy. That's so great, you know, like, and it's passionate and everything. And I was like, why? Uh, you the know? old passion. Thing. Yes, the old passion, passion. Thing. you know, passion, you know, I mean, like, come on, you know, and I mean, the TV show was 90 to 10, you know, with Brendan and Dylan, me, I was Dylan team, you know, like, I wanted the bad boy, you know, like, I wanted yes. the dark drug addict, whatever. I didn't care about Brendan and his good grades, you know, I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. So th that's, you know, how I felt. And I was like, 
why why i cannot be with a man you know like a nice man but the truth is when the first time i did my constellation was i was afraid mm-hmm. i was so afraid of a great guy i mean yeah. it's just like i literally wanted to leave the room when the person representing my future partner entered the field i was like okay i'm out and at first i was like really like this is how i feel towards my future partner because on a subconscious level you can tell whatever you want you can tell your story your bullshit it does not matter but then on a subconscious level you cannot lie and when i saw that actually on my subconscious level i was petrified of love i was petrified you know of a healthy man looking at me and loving me i was like oh my god <laughs> but it gave me so much strength to finally make peace with my dad with my mom with my past and owning you know like my own you know like life and destiny and everything you know that I was and I'm still you know are right now it was freedom for me because mm-hmm. i think people are so afraid you know of looking at themselves but actually that's where the true freedom is when you finally just look at yourself and be like yeah this is me You know what? Here I am, full of colors, but I am beautiful and I'm just going to do the work and I'm just going to do my best and I will be responsible. Yes, for free yourself from the blame, you yes. know. I I just remember, I think when I finally decided to just say like screw it, it was even throughout making that mother and father wound series because mm-hmm. I was still so angry and I just remember being like, I'm, you know how you get, you're listening to all these podcasts, reading these books about childhood trauma and you're trying to figure out all the ways your parents fucked up yeah. and you're writing it down. And the thing is, it's helpful, but there is a point where it starts to become maladaptive and keep mm-hmm. you stuck because I'm just going okay, yeah, I know now, but now what? And it's like what we said before. I'm like, okay, yeah, my my mom failed in all these ways. My dad failed in all these ways. And now I have all of these symptoms and these coping mechanisms yeah. that I've developed. But what is the anger and blame and resentment doing for me? Well, it's causing dis-ease, right? Disease that if I don't release it, if I don't find acceptance, I'm going to get I'm going to have chronic pain, which yes, I already do, for sure. right? Like, uh, and I'm going to have autoimmune stuff going on. And then eventually that's what leads to like cancer and yes. all of these things. And I truly believe that. And I thought I have to find a way to let this go. Mm-hmm. And I think too many, I've posted so much. You, I'm sure you've experienced this. How many times when you post about forgiveness, People are like, how dare you expect me to forgive, right? People get so angry when you talk about forgiveness, but that's why I love what you talk about with acceptance, right? Because I don't practice forgiveness. Yeah, because people get mad when you try to tell them to leave their stuff behind. Yes. I think that is. I think it's because it's part of their identity. They think, Mm. you know, that's how they define themselves. Because it, well, it's, it's like it's, right now you have people having like BPD, ADHD exactly, in you know? literally their Instagram bio, yes. right? Like my suffering yeah. is who I am. Yeah, but that's not true. I'm sorry. No. I, I really, actually, I'm not sorry, but that's not you. No. I mean, it's like no. sometimes, you know, like 
I have anxiety. I deal with anxiety, but I'm not going to say I am an anxious person. No, I feel anxiety right now. But anxiety does not define who I am. I define who I want to be. So never define yourself through your suffering. You know, like I think it's a, it's the most painful thing actually that you can do, you know, like towards yourself, you know, like it's just, you just need to understand how you work, how you feel, who you are, but you are not your disease. You know, you are not your pain. You are not your trauma because otherwise, oh my God, you know, like you're just going to lose your mind. It's too much. It is. It's too much. And I think that's why, you know, it's like, oh no, I'm not going to forgive. But it's not even for them that you are going to practice forgiveness, which I don't. I consent. I accept. I recognize. Because then I free myself. Yes. And at the end of the day, that's all I want, you know, like, honestly, like the person in front of you does not really matter. Let me tell you something. At the end of the day, there are all props, you know, like actors, you know, like, but you are the director of your life. And if you choose like, you know what? No, I don't want to be angry anymore because I want to have a beautiful relationship in my marriage. A beautiful relationship. You choose your life. Yes. Yes. So it's about reclaiming your agency. Exactly. We talked about this on the podcast. If you let, I, I realized this as well, where I went, if I keep being angry, I'm surrendering my free will and agency yes. to someone else other than me. Yes. Exactly. So then it's a that. choice. You want to feel powerless or powerful. Yes. It's just, it's a yes. choice here. Choose. Pick a side. Okay. But it's yeah. not about. And there's so many, and there's only so many fucking books you can read about how no. bad your parents messed up. Right. And then eventually you have to move on and do more systemic work. No, of course. We all messed up. We all. If one day I have children, I will fuck them up. You know what? Like, that's for sure. But at least I will do my best to communicate, hold space for them, you know, and love them as much as I can. But I'm sure at 18, 20, they will tell me, hey, mom, you remember this? Okay, my bad, sweetie. Let's talk about it. Yes. And you know, and that's something maybe we didn't get. I know I didn't get that, right? Like my parents didn't really want to admit when they were they were wrong. And again, it's like they're just a product of their, they couldn't yes. see. But my partner, Zaz, he said to me something really profound just in the last few weeks where he just said, Molly, because he doesn't do all this reading that I do, right? That's but great. You're doing very, it. <laughs> he's, he's, but he's somehow a very wise person nonetheless, mm-hmm. right? He's very wise. And he just said, Whenever you talk about this, he's like, it feels like you're trying to get to some perfect relationship at the end of the rainbow, right? Where your parents come to you and they say, this is how it is. And now everything's going to be great. And he goes, Molly, life is messy. Like yes. life is messy. Relationships are messy. Are you, if you're, you're going to be holding on for something that's never going to come. And I was just like, oh shit, he's right. That's true. You, you know, you create your own happy ending whatever it means to you but if you still expect your partner to be perfect your parents to apologize you know you your grandma your boss your colleagues your friends you are just going to waste your time yes yeah because it might never happen and like you you know my dad finally you know like but it took him like i mean it happened two years ago you know like and i'm 38 you know what i mean like my mom too but it's also accepting that we are all different And I take you as you are, and I accept you as you are. I also think this is beautiful. 
And that's when, you know, like finally we can have beautiful relationship because we are not made to be perfect. No. And doing this work, it really feels like cutting off like the sandbags, you know, like I'm imagining like a a hot air balloon, you know, where you're just like, oh, finally, like I can just rise from this, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be down here. And I think that's a beautiful note to, to end our conversation Mm -hmm. on, but how I always finish with, with guests like you is what are you working on now? What's next for Marine? This beautiful book that I'm going to be linking for my listeners. And I want to just finish off by saying this work is so complex and her book it's, I will be linking it. I recommend you get it. I love it on audible. Everyone knows I love like listening to it. She narrates it herself. Please get the book because there's just so much more. And what I love about the book as well is Maureen does guided visualizations and meditations as well as more practical walkthroughs. And so, and that's my favorite kind of book. I like when there are things I can actually do and you provide so much of that, but what's next for you and how can listeners reach out to you and potentially work with you if they'd like to? So if you would like to reach um, to me, you know, work with me, I have my Instagram, Marine Cellini, S-E-L-E-N-E-E. My website is also under the same name. Uh, my book, like Molly said, Connected Fates, Separate Destinies. Um, right now I'm working actually on my second book, <laughs> uh, which is about love and relationships. <laughs> And I'm also um, working on a new uh, service, you know, like for September, I think. It's more like on a somatic level, you know, like trapped emotions and memories in your body. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, and I'm also soon enough going to work in Spanish because I speak French, English and Spanish, but I just need to get more words, you know, like to speak fluently in Spanish, you know, for my Mm -hmm. work. But that's also one of my big goals for 2024. That's amazing, Maureen. Well, I uh, do very diligent show notes, so I'll be linking to your Instagram, your website, and your book so that everyone will be able to reach out to you if they need to. And thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me and discuss this very complex topic. I gave you some hardball questions and we went all over the place and, and you clearly are a master of what you do. So just thank you for offering your wisdom. Thank you so much, Molly, for your trust. Thank you. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Maureen as much as I did. In the episode description, you will see links to be able to connect with Maureen if you'd like to work with her individually or if you would like to read her book. I'm also going to link to the series Another Self on Netflix, which Maureen mentioned in our interview where you can watch family constellations work in practice. For today, that's it for the free portion of Back from the Borderline. Out of all the things you could spend your time on, out of all the different content options available, you chose to be here with me and with Maureen. But more importantly, you chose to show up for yourself. Next, you'll hear the back half of the episode, which is available in full to my paying subscribers. If you're tuning in from the public BFTB feed, you'll get to hear a preview. To unlock full episodes, as well as my back catalog, which includes hundreds of hours of bonus content, you can become a premium submarine. 
To sign up today, you can check out the link in the show notes or visit backfromtheborderline.com and click premium submarines. Today, for the premium portion of the podcast, I thought it would be really fun to continue our exploration of family constellations therapy. I found online an example of the creator of family constellations therapy, Bert Hellinger, doing some of this work live with a couple of clients in front of an audience. And I thought I would play the audio from that. I will include the link so you can watch it and practice because sometimes you do want to see people's facial expressions, but I'm going to play it and react to it as the premium portion of the podcast. So if you're tuning in from the free feed, you'll hear a preview, it'll fade out and you can unlock the full episode by becoming a premium submarine. So let's go ahead and dive in. So you know me, I put in the work of using my research and internet sleuthing skills to dig up some interesting examples because I've never done family constellations work myself and I'm very interested in doing it. So I thought, what's it actually look like in practice? And sometimes you really need to see it happening in order to really understand it. And as Maureen mentioned, there is a series called Another Self on Netflix, and I'm planning on checking that out too. But I thought, what better way is there to really experience and understand this therapeutic modality by watching the guy who created it at work? So this first clip is from this like really tiny YouTube channel um, called Faust Family Connections, and it's just labeled Facilitation with Bert Hellinger. And there is no description, nothing, but I can tell you by looking at the video, it's giving 90s for sure. It looks like it was recorded in the 90s. And just so you can understand what I'm looking at is they're clearly seated on a small stage on the right-hand side there is a woman who looks to be in her maybe early 40s with mid-length blonde hair and then a man next to her who's very tall and he is a like conventionally very handsome Caucasian man and he has dark hair and then you have on the other side Bert Hellinger who is this just adorable man and you know how monks have like a little bald spot on the top of their head and then they have like gray hair like a little circular patch of gray hair that's what Bert Hellinger looks like so I just thought I would depict that picture but they're all sitting in a line Bert Hellinger is holding the microphone up to them and they're all seated on a chair next to one another in a line facing the camera so that's kind of their positioning so I thought I'm just going to play this and just imagine it and you can really get the effect of this by hearing it but as I mentioned before I'm going to link to this particular video so that if you want to watch it back um, so that you can kind of see the body language and the facial expressions it'll be more powerful that way too so let's go ahead and dive in I may choose to provide some reactions and explanations if it feels appropriate but I'm just going to play it so that you can get a vibe okay let's go if something has to be resolved, it seems it has to do with him, you see. Everybody can notice this, you see, if you just look at it and allow yourself to be open without any, any particular theories or interpretations. 
<laughs> okay. Now what happened? Hmm. I'm still taking care of my mother. Good. Yes, good that you do that. She deserves it. Sometimes our relationships, they are not allowed to separate from your family of origin. And that has to be accepted, you see, as part. And if it is accepted, it serves the relationship, of course. There cannot be a rivalry, you see. But sometimes, if a, if a mother takes hold of the son, you see, against the wife, then the relationship to the wife takes preference, of course. Depends on the circumstances. But this just general remarks, I don't know what's actually going on. What about your father? My father was crippled um, growing up physically and he gave me to my mother to take care of. Literally sent me to her. What was his handicap? A polio. Polio? Oh, yes. As a child already or only later? Um, from three years old on. And how old is your mother now? Seventy-six. And your father, is he still alive? No, he passed away six or seven years ago. Do you have brothers and sisters? Two sisters. And who is the eldest? Uh, one of my sisters. I'm the youngest. It's a strange observation I had that the youngest child takes care of the parent. And I have a, an image how that it connects, you see. The youngest child gets most in a family because the older brothers and sisters, you see, take care of him in a way, you see. So he receives more than he has to give. So you know what that means. That is it for today's free version of Back from the Borderline. To unlock the full version of this episode, as well as hundreds of hours of bonus content, you can visit backfromtheborderline.com or click the link in the episode description to become a premium submarine today. The rest of this episode, we will explore the rest of this live practice with Bert Hellinger. And then I also found another example of a group family systems experience and provide some reactions as we watch that. So if you want to check that out, become a premium submarine. And not only do my premium submarines get additional premium content each week, but the support of my subscribers also allows me to focus on podcasting full-time and invest more in research and production quality. And if you're not ready to become a premium submarine quite yet, that's okay too. You can support my work by rating the podcast, writing a review, or sharing an episode with someone that you love. To make sure you're notified each time I drop a new episode, you can follow Back from the Borderline on your favorite podcast app. Never forget, 
you haven't met all the parts of yourself yet within your weaknesses your inner chaos and disorder lies your greatest strength if only you would dare to shine a light on it and transmute it we have to get to the point where we're willing to be the fool to begin our hero's journey anyone even you can come back from the borderline see you next tuesday ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Back from the Borderline. If you'd like to receive my monthly written recovery musings via Substack directly to your inbox, send me a voicemail, join the Patreon community, or check out my Amazon booklist recommendations, visit backfromtheborderline.com and click to access my link tree.